When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is episode 75 of Talk the Plank of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. It's a draft special podcast. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and I'm with Jake Slobodnik. Jake, what's going on? Not much, man. Just had a good weekend. Uh, got to go out a little bit after working on Saturday. Uh, caught a little bit of the draft last night. Um, overall, just a pretty slow weekend. How was your weekend? Not too bad. Um, I would say the same thing. Nothing crazy went on. Watched the Pirates struggle a little bit against the Rockies, but they were able to uh, churn out a victory on Sunday, which is good, but we're not really focusing much on the Pirates weekend on the field. We are here to talk about the draft, and uh, day one specifically of the draft, the Pirates made three selections, and the big one, Fourth overall, the Pirates selected Tamar Johnson. Some people think he's the best hitter in the draft. Um, looking at it, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with the selection. Um, I don't know how you feel. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was a little uh, not too happy about it at first, but I think after doing a little bit of research, a little bit more research on Tamar Johnson, I'm. Very like I'm very much liking this pick. Um, a lot of people say that he is probably the best pure hitter in this class, and um, after watching some tape and looking at his numbers, I tend to agree. So the only thing that that I could see as a bit of a hindrance is that he's only faced high school pitching. Now, um, obviously, his you know he probably might have faced some good high school pitching, but the fact that he hasn't seen that collegiate level is a little bit scary to me. But I mean, the guy is just a tank. He's Built really well as a baseball player. He's got a lot of power. I mean, I think what people were grading his what were people grading his contact is like seventy grade contact or something. Yeah, I'm looking at the scouting grades right now on MLB, and they have him. At, they have his hit tool as a seventy, power sixty, arm fifty, field fifty five, overall sixty graded, which I would say is pretty solid. Yeah, that's not too bad. Like I said, um, it was one of those things where after a little bit more research, I'm tending to like this pick a lot more. And after seeing some of the write-ups on some of the other players that went below the Pirates, um, I think we made the right choice going Johnson at fourth overall. Um, We didn't have the opportunity to pick uh, Drew Jones or Jackson Holiday, which we kind of expected. So um, aside from those, it was probably the next best person out. One may argue that Elijah Green... Could have uh, fit in pretty nicely there. Some have been saying Brooks Lee. Sam, some say Cam Collier, but 
to me, I think Johnson was the right choice. I think with, when you look and you step back and look at all of the um, ability that he brings to the Pirates organization and all the all the praise that he's getting from a ton of media moguls, I mean, I think Charrington made the right decision here. So for me, I'd say this is the second year in a row that his first round was A+. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that will be interesting to see kind of down the road years from now, which player kind of pans out better between Johnson and Elijah Green, as you mentioned, because Green was picked right after Johnson was. And um, there were a few surprises in this draft. Cam Collier, who you mentioned, who I would have been happy if the Pirates would have landed him. He dropped all the way down to 18th. Um, and <laughs> the big surprise I thought of the draft was Kumar Rocker going third overall to the Rangers, and he'll be paired up with Jack Leiter. Uh, which is interesting, but yeah, Johnson, I think I'm just happy that the pirates went out and in their minds, they got the best hitter in the draft. And I just think that's what they need. Don't draft athletic ability. Don't draft based on upside. Don't draft on how you think you can mold a player. Just go out there and get the clear best bopper hitter in the draft. Um, and that's that's what I think they may have done. Obviously, I would have loved if Jones or Holiday had fallen to them, but like you said, they went one two. And um, I don't know Johnson. Long term, he's listed as a shortstop. Says he wants to play shortstop. I believe Ben Sherrington said he will start out at shortstop, and we'll see. But long term, it looks like second base is the spot for him, which. If you have a second baseman that can hit really well, who may be one of your best hitters, that that's really, really great to see. And uh, looking long term a little bit, I don't I would I would like to hope that Johnson could make reach the major leagues in about four or so years. He's 18 right now. He's a high school, you know, draftee, but hopefully he's able to rise through the minor leagues pretty quickly and uh, make it up to the team in time for when they still have, you know, O'Neill Cruz, Brian Hayes will be around. He just signed an eight year deal. You know, maybe Brian Reynolds, who knows he might be gone by then. He might be gone in a month for all we know, but um, looking ahead to the future an infield of Johnson Cruz and Hayes. That seems pretty exciting to me. It's really hard to project that far forward when you draft a high school player such as Johnson, but um, just thinking about it, you know, like not thinking too deeply about it, that, that seems cool. And this is interesting in terms of the pirates farm system too, because the pirates seem to, they have a decent amount of middle infielders who, who you would say are, you know, on on track to get to the major leagues. We got Paguero, who got a little taste of major league action. He is a shortstop. He could play second base. And Nick Gonzalez, who has really struggled this season and injuries have hindered his season. He's still highly regarded, I would say, but uh, the drafting of Johnson kind of dampers his, maybe not value, but he, he has some competition now. The the clear-cut second base position is not his for the taking when he uh, comes up to the major league. So we'll see. I like the pick overall. I just like the fact that they got someone who not only hits well, uh, the plate discipline 
is incredible. Um, it's funny. His little blurb here on MLB.com said that one scout gave him a double Hall of Famer comparison by calling him a combination of Wade Boggs' plate discipline and Vladimir Guerrero Sr.'s bats of ball, ball skills. So that's pretty high praise. Um, if, he, if he's anything like that, then that's a solid pick for the Pirates. Yeah, that's a unique combination. Um, you got one of the best contact hitters in the league or to ever exist, and then you got probably one of the most, I would say, all-around players uh, co- combining there too. And, I mean, the guy's confident. I mean, he says that they're get- <laughs> Pirates got probably the best player in the draft and – Quote, they're going to get a ring. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love the, con- yeah, I love the confidence in him. Uh, maybe a little too confident because say something, you know, say he doesn't pan out. Um, and this could be me being the cynical fan in me, but say he doesn't pan out, then are these words going to come back to bite him? And he just looks like a big hot shot in the uh, Pirates organization. Um, I, I don't know, but I do like the comparison. Like I said, I've watched the tape and I think he fits that mold very well. Um, and you said about, you know, the whole farm system. Um, I'll start with the fact that, you know, Sherrington, like you said, uh, went on record to say that they picked the best player in the draft. And like you said, that's what you need to do in these in, in the MLB draft, and that's what they did. But now it poses the question about who's open for trade bait, who do they have confidence in Nick Gonzalez, and on the other side of the coin, look at some of the uh, first-round picks that Sherrington has made so far dealing with injuries. Is Tamar Johnson going to break that streak, or did Charrington pick another guy who's prone to injury? Is that why he's signing so low if he ever does sign? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of questions to be opened up, but, I mean, to get somebody who has, has um, as much praise as Tamar Johnson has, that's definitely something. And while the Pirates probably would have liked to get picks one through picks one or two this year, um, I think they made the most with their fourth overall pick. So I would say that it was definitely a good pick. Uh, hopefully, I think his future is a little bit brighter than darker. So, um, I mean, I have really nothing else to say other than I'm excited to see this kid when he gets started. I think he's going to be like Henry Davis where um, we're going to see him in the FCL for a little bit. And then um, once he catches fire there, we're going to see him quickly in the uh, low A, high A area. I would say that he gets promoted to low A first, but – um, you never know. I mean, we thought Henry Davis was going to spend an entire season with the FCL, um, but they fast tracked him a little bit. So maybe Termar will get a little bit more love with that if he, you know, and if he hits like he did in high school. Um, I don't know. It's going to be exciting. And it's also going to be exciting to see what the Pirates do, because, I mean, we've seen a lot of speculation on Twitter about possible trade packages uh, now that they added another middle, middle infielder. Um, I don't know if that would entail – uh, Nick Gonzalez only, or if they would package him with someone else. I, I'm not too sure, but uh, I'm excited for him to get started. I think he's going to bring a lot to the table and to the plate, no pun intended. Um, I, I think we got, I think we got one of the greatest players in this draft. And like I said, I'm excited to see him. Yeah, I hope you're right. And as far as, um, you know, how they might, how the beginning of his career might look, I would, I would guess that, being that he is a high school, um, you know, prospect, he might follow the Bubba Chandler kind of, you know, path where this season Chandler was drafted last season, obviously, and he started this season in the FCL, tore it up, and now he's in Bradenton Low A. So 
I could see the same for Johnson. Give him maybe a few weeks next season in the FCL. And, um, you know, hopefully he tears it up there. Then you send him to Bradenton low A and we get this thing started. But, uh, yeah, overall, as far as the draft pick goes, I'm, I'm happy with who they got because looking at some of the other names that, that they could have gotten, um, you know, I'm happy that they took Johnson over guys like Brooks Lee or even Cam Collier, although I thought he was pretty, um, you know, intriguing. Fangraphs, the day of, um, they had the Pirates taking Zach Nito, Nato, whatever, a shortstop out of Campbell. I, I didn't really want to see that, and uh, that did not happen. So uh, overall, I, I give the pick, I mean, it's an A. That's the thing, though, about MLB drafts is uh, you just don't know. And it's one thing to draft the best player available and make those correct decisions. That's that's one thing. But the the battle of developing hasn't even started yet, and it's up to the Pirates to not screw him up and put him in the right positions to succeed and eventually make the majors and contribute to winning baseball. Like I said, drafting is one thing, but actually getting the most out of the player is a whole different and way, 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 way more important ball game. And, you know, we look at it and since Ben Sherrington started, we noted Nick Gonzalez hasn't really, I wouldn't say he hasn't panned out because he did rake last season in high A, although he was kind of uh, old for that league. You know, he was a college bat. He's 23 right now, I believe. So his his struggles in double A are a bit alarming this season. Um, and Henry Davis, I mean, he's he's been all right, but like you kind of mentioned, little injury prone. He gets hit by pitches like crazy. I don't know that that's his fault, but he's kind of struggled a little bit in double A as well. I'm not really worried about him, but that's the thing. It's 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 not about who you draft. It's about how you develop them and for the pirates that's a bit of a problem i would say so we'll see what happens i hope johnson pans out obviously and it would be nice to see him just absolutely rake and shoot through the minor leagues fairly quickly i know that's you know it's it's tough to gauge whether or not that could happen but one of these days i want to see a a prospect get called up to the major leagues when he's say 21 years old and just come up and be pretty awesome. But you know, with the pirates, they take things extremely slow. They want the players to be as ready as they can be when they get called up because they need to sap out as much value as possible in those first six years of service. Because after that, as we know, it's very rare that someone sticks along, but um, I don't know. I don't want to be too much of a downer here, I guess, but I like the Johnson pick and we'll see what happens. Um, Moving on to the other two picks, the pirates went pitcher and with their first round comp pick at 36th overall, they took right-hander Thomas Harrington. And, um, you know, he went to a smaller school. He went to Campbell, which that's just, you know, never really heard of that. But uh, there's some good, there's some good information on his actual um, 
windup and his throwing mechanics, it seems pretty low stress. So he should, uh, you know, he shouldn't be a guy that knock on wood gets injured or has arm problems. Um, control wise, pretty, pretty decent. They give us fastball 55 curveball 50 slider 55, and he has a plus change up. So a 60 change up 60 graded change up 55 graded control Changeup is probably the best pitch of his. So a nice fastball changeup combination. Um, we'll see. 21 years old. And I, I don't know what the ceiling is. I don't know if they really have a ceiling on him. Um, you know, you see good changeup, you cross your fingers. You're like, oh, maybe, maybe a touch of Shane Bieber. Who knows? I, I literally just thought of that name right off the bat right now. But do you have any thoughts on this Thomas Harrington pick? He's probably the only one that I haven't really looked at too much. Um, but I mean, his school comes from the big South, which like you said, is not, <laughs> nobody, nobody really knows about it, but it's the most successful school, at least uh, this past season in the big South, they went 20 and three. Um, Thomas himself had one, two, three, four games where he struck out uh, double digit hitters, actually five, my apologies. Um, and, I mean, he looks like he doesn't give up that many runs. I mean, he pitched 92 and two-thirds innings and only gave up 26 earned, so that's not too, too bad. Um, as far as his mechanics, you would probably know more about that than me, but numbers alone, he doesn't seem like a very bad pick. Probably not one that you would have made with a supplemental pick at 36, but maybe it's one of those low-risk, high-reward picks where maybe he pans out, maybe turns into a serviceable arm uh, maybe down the line, but I don't know. I feel like taking a pitcher from a very small school at 36 wasn't the smartest move in the world. Uh, again, who am I? I am just a guy on a podcast, but overall, maybe, maybe it doesn't hurt them. I mean, maybe it's one of those diamond in the rough picks where, like I said, maybe he pans out. I mean, he held hitters to a combined 214 average over the 2022-2021 seasons. And I mean, he he was just a sophomore this year. So, I mean, it's he's still young. He's impressionable. Throw him down in the FCL for a little bit. Maybe bring him up to low A next year. See what he does. Um, but I don't, I don't really know how to feel about this one. I'm, I like it. I think it's a good project arm for the Pirates. But at 36, like I said, I think maybe a little bit of a reach. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure either. But I will say... Kylie McDaniel tweeted about his mechanics on uh, July 16th. And he said, Campbell right-handed pitcher Thomas Harrington was the surprise standout grading above average to excellent at almost every metric they have fourth in arm speed, a hundred percent efficiency, arm speed over stress, low in shoulder stress, high in hip shoulder separation, et cetera can see why a number of uh, teams love him. And I think, yeah, the, the, uh, the, it came with a video and uh, you can look it up on Twitter. It was Kyler McDaniel, July 16th. And it's from prop play AI, which is some baseball training facility. I would guess that, you know, they have all of the uh, analytics on mechanics and, what is good for the body, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Harrington grades well there, which is solid. Um, 
once again, though, it just draft any player. I don't, I, I don't really care that much. It's about how they are developed. So pitching with the pirates, I don't know. I will say, I think drafting pitching pretty early in the draft in general is risky. And I I'm of the philosophy now, a hundred percent that I'm against taking any pitcher in the first round. I just think, it's too risky, especially with the Pirates. Taking pitchers in the first round really has never worked out besides Garrett Cool. And even so, Garrett Cool was eventually traded for, you know, Joe Musgrove, who was eventually traded for David Bednar. So whatever. That's that's an aside. But I, I'm just in general against taking pitching early on. But once again, the pirate system does need some pitching, and I would say right now it's pretty it's pretty hitter heavy in terms of top prospects not named Quinn Priester or I guess Mike Burroughs. But uh I d I don't mind it too much. It just it just goes to show that, you know, the pirates need to develop, 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 and that's all there is to it. And whoever they pick, I'm not gonna tell you uh, yeah, that was a great pick or, Oh, that's an awful pick. I don't know. And nobody knows. And that's why the MLB draft is such a crap shoot. It's all about how these teams handle their draft picks. So Harrington though, I mean, you know, looking at it, we'll see. I I'm not crazy about the pick. I don't hate the pick. I just don't know. And nobody does. And anyone that claims to is full of crap. So right-handed starter, hopefully he can stick and be a starting pitcher and um, maybe, maybe get called up in two to three years now or two to three years here. And we'll see in the third round, the pirates took another pitcher, a more big, big school pitcher, another college arm Hunter Barco. And uh, the thing with him is he's left-handed. He has a decent fastball. The slider is his main pitch. He is a, he is a really filthy slider. Um, I saw someone compared it to Patrick Corbin and that's pretty high praise in terms of a slider from a lefty. Uh, the thing with him though, is that this season at Florida, he went down with Tommy John went under the knife. So he probably won't pitch. I would guess until maybe middle of the season next year, 2023. We'll see. Uh, but once again, left-handed his floor is probably his reliever. We'll see. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? So I've seen a lot of people compare him to maybe a high end first round pick if he didn't get Tommy John. Um, so, I, I mean, I, again, like you, you can't really say you think this pick is great or it's terrible. Um, I actually just released a story about this on BucksDugout.com, uh, saying he could be an interesting pick for the Pirates. Because um, before he went down with Tommy John, I mean, he was 5-2 and two with a 250 ERA, 50 innings pitch for Florida, which, as you said, is a big school. I also took some – I took a look at some numbers – from last season and some of the reports that came out about him in 2021 did pretty well. Um, let me, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. 2021 didn't do too great, but aside from the first two outings of the season where he gave up five or more runs, opposing hit teams only scored three runs max 
against him the rest of the season, which isn't terrible. Um, over his career, he's 17 and five and 152 and two thirds innings pitched, um, struck out 189 total hitters while allowing just 43 walks. That's not too bad. Plus also took down, um, uh, NCAA juggernaut Vanderbilt last or, uh, in 2021, um, which he headlined with seven strikeouts. So the guy has talent, and the numbers speak for themselves too, just based on his pitching. Because um, while his four seam tops out low 90s, um, he does have that hooking slider, as you said. He also has a changeup that I actually found out, according to Fangraphs had a spin rate of 1,000 RPM back in 2019. And we talk about comparisons with this guy. Um, his splitter was actually compared to Araldus Chapman's, which we all know is probably one of the best relievers, relievers in baseball, except when he's in a playoff setting, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, my whole thing with him is, is, his, is the stress on his elbow that his delivery causes. Um, clearly, it's already caused him some issues whenever he um, – you know, one under the knife, like you said, with Tommy John. So I feel, I feel like with the right development, and I emphasize the right development, yeah. they adjust that a little bit, make his uh, his delivery a little bit less stressful on his elbow. I think he could be a very serviceable reliever, especially with just his off-speed pitching alone because, I mean, it's just beautiful. I've watched so many videos of him over the past 24 hours of him just pitching, and oh, it is, it's nice to watch him pitch. It's just that elbow becomes a factor and you don't know how many times he's going to get Tommy John. If anything, he could be, um, he could be another Jamison tie on where he just, uh, goes under the knife all the time with Tommy John. And then we ended up dealing him away because, you know, reasons. And one thing I found really interesting, and this is from a commentary on the story already, they kind of compared him to, um, Anthony Solomedo, which ironically last year's second round option for the pirates, um, very big gamble at this spot, but could be, you know, his ceiling is pretty high, um, which I found a really, really interesting in terms of comparison. So on the base surface, I like the pick. Um, like you said, he probably won't be pitching for a long while with the pirate system, but like I said, with the right development, he could turn into probably one of the better picks of this draft. And again, for everyone listening, you can go over to bucksdugout.com and read the full story yourself. I have videos there for it, and um, I also have more numbers. Pretty much more of a broken down, uh, really bro- more of a broken down point of view on him uh, than what I'm saying here on the podcast. But if I had to give my general impressions, I like him. I thought it was a decent pick. Didn't like it at first, but now I'm really, uh, really coming around to it. Yeah, and I would say, you know, day one in general, three picks. You, you have to, you have to look at the draft as a whole obviously when it's over but i love i love the the johnson pick at four which i guess if you have a top five pick you can't really miss on that and as we know we didn't even mention this the uh the fourth pick for the pirates really hasn't been great in the past you think brad lincoln you think daniel moscow's you think tony sanchez um (laughs) Johnson really doesn't have he doesn't really have to do a ton to to uh, outlast guys like that. He basically just has to make the majors and be in the league for more than three years or so. And he's already better than those guys. But um, hopefully Johnson's not like that. But I, I do like that pick. And as far as the pitchers go, 
like we've both been kind of harping on this entire pod. It's just it's just about how they're developed, and it's just about how the Pirates handle them. And with um, with the Florida pitcher, I I think he's I think he's pretty intriguing. And um, anytime you can get some solid left-handed pitching, that is valuable. And looking ahead to the rest of the draft, um, it does seem as though these first three picks will be under slot type of deals. I'm not sure about Johnson specifically. I think he is projected to be slightly under slot value. And as we know, let me just explain this again for the listeners, because it seems like so many people don't get this, but in the MLB draft teams have certain amounts of money that they can spend on players meaning that in the first round you know you could spend a lot of money on your first round player but then you have less money the rest of the draft to sign the rest of your guys um so it's kind of like putting all of your eggs in one basket per se but what the pirates seem to like to do is sign under slot first round guys and save some of that money that allotted money that they can they can't spend anymore. They only get an allotted amount of money. They like to save it for the rest of the draft and uh, kind of get higher value guys, you know, later on. So like last season, they got Bubba Chandler not in the first few rounds. I believe it was the third round for him, but he signed over slot, so they were able to to bring him in. So it it, it made sense, and it was it was a nice pick for them. So. Moving moving on to the rest of this draft, there's still some guys that the Pirates could maybe splurge on a little bit here in the middle middle rounds. And one guy that I see that is still available is uh, that the the top prep pitcher, I believe, in the draft, and that's Brock Porter. He's committed to Clemson, but right hander, six four, he can touch 100 miles an hour, um, ranked 11th on MLB Pipeline. Could you see the Pirates taking someone like that, considering that they should have some slot money to spend later on in the draft? I could. I mean, we we saw we saw the Pirates deter people from Clemson last year, so maybe they'll do it again this year. Um, and if he's if he's willing to sign under slot, I mean, I think they would be crazy not to go by not to go after him. And I mean, if he's one of the best pitchers in the draft, and if their focus this year is on improving the draft depth or the uh, draft depth the pitching depth in the organization then he would be almost a no-brainer um so i think there's a possibility i'm trying to we have the fourth overall pick again today right i believe so yeah starting in the fourth fourth round or third round i believe it's the fourth round so it's possible um i strongly believe that we have a strong chance of getting him and that is if he doesn't go I mean, I think he's going to be one of the top picks coming into today, but who knows what uh, what will happen today? One thing I'm kind of interesting to, or interested in seeing is if the Pirates are going to draft a next generation prospect because there are a lot in this draft that have not been taken already. Um, <laughs> I was informed by one of my friends that there were, I think, more than 22 second generation players. Um, just to name a few, there's. Uh, there was Daniel Susak, Jace Young, and all them, and obviously Drew Jones and Jackson Holiday in round one. There's Phil Nevin's son. There's uh, Rubio Candelario. There's Casey Dykstra. <laughs> oh, nice. 
Um, Luke Eldred, which at first I thought was a big country son, but apparently it's not. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But I think we could have a shot at picking a second generation player. I mean, we aren't any stranger to it. So I think Porter in a second gen star is on our radar, radar for today. Um, I think we have a possibility of signing all those guys, but um, you never know. Like, like you said, the pirates like to spread the wealth a little bit. So who knows what they'll do. Maybe they'll, reach and get some uh, small school pitcher again. I, I feel like they're going to try to keep it small this year, but uh, you never know. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, just to clear up the draft confusion, the third round starts to today, but it's so funny. You look at it. It's like there's round one, there's comp round, there's round two, there's comp round two. There's another comp like the MLB draft is just, I don't know. It doesn't really make much sense to me, but there are 20 rounds, and uh, today we're recording on a Monday. It's round three to round 10, I believe. Uh, so it starts with round three, and the Pirates do have the third pick today, 83rd overall. So, yeah, it is very possible if the Pirates feel that they saved enough money with their first three picks slot value-wise to repeat again, they're not being cheap in this regard. You can harp on the Pirates for being cheap for a billion reasons, but the draft is not one of them because teams aren't cheap in the draft because you really don't have to spend that much money in the draft. It's like a $20 million investment or whatever, or $13 million. I'm not sure what the total slot value is for each team in the draft, but sorry, that's just a little rant there. The Pirates have the third pick in the third round. We'll see what they do. Um, Jake, I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about draft wise before we get out of here. Um, but we will be back post the entire draft to talk about the whole thing. And that'll be later this week. The pirates themselves don't play until Friday, I believe. And, um, it's all-star week. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they, there's a status on if David Bednar is going to be pitching in the All-Star game because of the injuries to his back. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see him. The only thing I have to say else is uh, make sure to tune into Bucks Dugout, both on social media and at BucksDugout.com, because uh, we're going to have lots of draft coverage and draft uh, articles. And as Nathan mentioned, we're going to have more podcasts down the road talking about the entire draft as a whole. So, um Make sure you stay tuned to Bucks Dugout, your number one source for Pirates Draft Central this year. Um, it's going to be exciting, and I'm sure we're going to be releasing articles as each take goes by. So that's just stuff you don't want to miss. And to reemphasize the point that Nate said, just because we draft under slot does not mean the Pirates are being cheap. I know the first thing <laughs> to say as a Pirates fan, oh, it's not a notable name, so they're they're automatically being cheap. No, this is a lot different. And I learned it the hard way that the MLB draft does not work the same way as other league drafts. So be patient. Look at the numbers. Look at the stories of these players. And don't make a final decision yet until you see them play. Yeah, and I would say this. This is my comparison. The MLB draft is kind of like an auction draft in fantasy football. And basically, in the first round, do you want to spend $100 on a running back that could be awesome or would you rather spend $50 on a slightly lesser running back so you could spend another $50 later on in the draft? That's basically what the Major League Baseball draft is like. You get a certain amount of money, and you get to choose round by round how much you spend. And uh, 
All of the money that is allowed to be spent will be spent. It always has been. It always will be. It's asking of the bare minimum for sure, but uh, the Pirates will not underspend in the draft as much as we would love to see that happen because we love to cry about their cheapness. But draft-wise, they're not cheap. And I just want to say before we go, looking at the third-round pick, the slot value of the Pirates' third-round pick is $770,000. So so like a little over $700,000. If they do take someone of a higher stature, like a Brock Porter, perhaps they can – Splurge a little bit and give them way over slot value so they can bring them in. We'll see, though. Um, I don't want to speculate too much on picks because the picks will be made later today. Um, But, yeah, we will be back post-draft to talk about the whole thing, and we can uh, give our judgments there. Jake, where can we find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at underscore radio. Jake, where can we find you? Find me at Nathan underscore Hirsch. And of course, follow Bucks Dugout at Bucks Dugout. Go to BucksDugout.com. As Jake mentioned, there's tons of draft coverage, especially this week with uh, no baseball going on. We will be back post-draft, and uh, we'll be talking buckos. Jake, have a great rest of your day. Listeners, have a great rest of your day, and peace out. See ya.